Jamaica really is just one big rehab center for a lot of people. Mainly because when we party, very few of us are actually celebrating anything. We have so little to celebrate. The only thing we can say we're celebrating is life. And that's kind of like a cop out, you know. A lot of people in the party. If you're, if there's somehow you did like a marketing survey of a party, half of the party broke. Who don't have baby daddy issues, have baby mother issues. Who is not employed, don't like their job, and literally everybody came to the party as an escape. Escapism. Yes. That is that is substance abuse, just in another terminology. Right. And that's. A, and that's exactly what I was going through. I was consistently looking for the escape. Did it work? But because I was in the, but because I was in the states, and because you know my usual crew and crowd weren't there, I had to go to the next best thing. I had to go to what was available to me, which was the drink, the smoking, and all of that. And so I started heading down that path, and from there, it just. I guess also because I'm introspective, I began really self-criticizing, self-analyzing what I was doing and what I was about. I lacked, and this is one of the things I, I speak a lot about in my professional circle, is vision. I didn't have any vision. I didn't know where my life was going at all. And this had nothing, this had nothing to do with the situation. This was kind of where I was as a person. And then the situation entered. And that made it even worse because I'm looking at my life going, well, you know, you never have any vision anyway. You never really, you weren't going, you weren't going to amount to anything anyway. Right. And, you know, now you know that you can't be loved and you won't be successful and you'll never have a good business because once again, if your father couldn't do it, what chance do you have? You never work as hard as him. You never sacrifice as much as him. You never had that inroad that he had. You never had that desire, the passion to achieve anything. You just wanted to be comfortable. You just wanted to do just enough. And now you can't even do that much. What's the point? And that was what was on loop in my head, day in, day out, in class, out of class. Negative self-talk. So much of it. And as I say, what that does is that feeds very particular emotions. And what you put in is what you're going to get out. So I looked out on life very dark, very pessimistic, and it never helped the fact that it, it literally was dark. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, nobody can convince me seasonal depression not a real thing. When a Caribbean person don't see the sun for six, seven weeks, yeah. you start thinking some things that you never know could enter your mind. Couple it all together, as I said, if it was not for the positivity of my roommates and then the positivity of other people who came into my life literally by happenstance down the road, I don't think I would be here today because what it was, was I made sense of suicide. If I'm suffering now and I must die someday, why should I wait until that day? Might as well just take matters into my own hand. But every day, my roommates found something to be positive about. Every day they found something to laugh and smile about. Every day they wanted to go and do something new and try something else. Mm -hmm. And it's because of that attitude, that environment, they were, without me knowing it, 
feeding positivity into my own little self-talk and my own little negative cycle. So, you know, you have dark thought, dark thought, dark thought, dark thought, mm -hmm. light thought. Yes. And you don't really know where that light thought yes. came from, but now looking back on it, I realize it was because of them. Yes. And, yeah, from there, it became a matter of developing vision, finding and feeling purpose, and realizing that, oh, no, wait, I do have a lot to contribute. And I don't have to be any super special, radical person to contribute it. I just need to be me. Because that's another thing. That's a very good point. Because these negative self-thoughts, right? Self-talk. Mm -hmm. These negative thoughts mm -hmm. that are on loop. Tell mm -hmm. me, were they actually true? No. I, don't, I, I think it is. That it here's the thing. Mm -hmm. here's, the, here's the thing about negative self-talk being true or not true. Go ahead. Anything is true if you believe it to be true. Okay. If I believe the sky is red, doesn't matter what you show me on a color wheel as blue and red. To me, the truth is the sky is red. Wow. And so you can't say negative self-talk isn't true. Mm -hmm. Because if I believe it enough, then it is true. You know, there's a popular story told all the time about the four-minute mile, which is a track event right. or a track standard. That if you can run a mile in um yeah run a mile in under four minutes, that puts you in a particular category of long distance runner. I think it was in the seventies. Up to this point, it had not been done, and it had not been done for so long that science said it was physically impossible for somebody to do it. Right. That if a human was to do it, his heart would actually explode in his chest and kill him on the spot. And then a runner named Roger Bannister did it. Since Ron, Roger Bannister did it, over the next say, 15 to 20 years, over 20,000 people were able to accomplish it, including high school students. It's a story I learned from Les Brown, but the beauty of it, and, I, and I'm sharing Les Brown's lesson, is the only thing that changed was the belief that it could or couldn't be done. Mm. And so... That's why I say you can't say self-talk isn't true because if I believe it, then it is true. Wow. And so when you, when you work with people who are on that cycle of, of negative self-talk or emotional damage or spiritual damage, one of the most important things that I think is, is critical is A, getting them to see the reality, just the facts, and B, developing a new belief system. But that's really what happened to me at the end of the day. Ultimately, what changed was what I believed was possible and what wasn't possible. I originally believed I was lost. I believed I couldn't attain. I believed I was stuck in my situation. Right. When certain conversations from different people began being introduced into my life, what the belief slowly changed over time is, I can choose the life I want. Mm -hmm. I can move in a spectrum and a field that is uniquely my own. I can make a difference doing this thing that other people consider useless. I can be a good friend. I can be a good partner. 
I can be good in business. And it's when those beliefs change, the negative self-talk slowly stopped. Mm. Wow. And that all started by, the, by being around the right people. Persons For sure. Drop those little nuggets in your mind. But then you weren't For always sure. in college. Afterwards, you moved from being around oh. them. And I'm sure right. as life goes on, these thoughts might come back. Mm-hmm. Maybe different thoughts. Right. So how do you actively mm-hmm. change those negative self-thoughts? Half our positive motivational speakers every day. Yes. What, what comes out is only what you put in. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Right? So for me... I actively, it's not a passive action, I actively listen for a minimum of half hour to motivational speaking. And it can be on anything. It can be on business, it can be on money, it can be on growth, it can be on spiritual growth, it can be on health, but it's 30 minutes of positivity. What I've also started to do is I've started, it's a little more than just a gratitude journal. So one of the things I do in the morning now, I get my coffee, I settle in for the morning, and I have a little book that I keep by my bedside. That once I'm having my coffee in the morning, I write one whole page of the book, just I am grateful for. And it can be anything in the moment. It can be I am grateful for opportunity. I can be grateful for the hot coffee in my cup. I can be grateful that I slept through the night. I can be grateful that I can still breathe on my own this morning. I can be grateful for the money in my bank account. It can be as superficial as internal, as spiritual, or as emotional as I want. But what it does is that it forces me to stop and look at the last 24 hours to ask the question, what am I grateful for? And the second half of the exercise is I write down the things that I want in life, but I write them in a matter-of-fact way. So I write, the riches and abundance of the universe flows into my life effortlessly because there is no fear in my life. Wow, I like that. Call it in. I say, I am, handsome. I am handsomely rewarded for the work I do, the value I add, and the service I provide through the gifts I've been blessed with. You know? Yes. I surround myself with leaders and teachers, people who are honest and just, accomplished, successful, creative, optimistic, hopeful, driven, and focused, people of character and integrity. So what happens if you're not one of those people? I'm going to start looking upon your ways. Right. I'm starting to craft the life that I want. And after I write down all the things that I'm calling into my life, I close it off with gratitude again. You know, kind of the karate practice. It begins and ends with yeah. a bow. I close it off again. But what I, I'm very specific about what I close, the thank you I close it off with, which is I always say, I thank you for my dream. Meaning, I thank you for what I see out into the future, what I am calling into my life. The second thing is, I thank you for my life. I thank you for this moment, this exact moment, because my life is only this moment. That's all we have as life. Our life is the moment, and a lot of times we forget that. We think our history is our life. Our life is simply just the moment. And then after that, I say, I thank you for my journey. Because it's the journey that has brought me to this moment of life that has prepared me for the dream. So I thank you for, and I just say thank you, universe, God, energy, infinite intelligence. Thank you for my dream. Thank you for my life. Thank you 
for my journey. Wow. And I, so I close it off. And the thing about it is that it then positions the mind for the day. Right. Nobody can rock the mind again for the day because I know what I'm grateful for. I know what I'm calling in and I'm living in thanks because I have it. Then we just deal with the challenges of the day. You do that, plus feeding the motivation, plus the exercise. I mean, I'm a big believer in just put, if you, here's the thing. And I can't say it any other way. Life going shit on you every day, no matter what. Accept it. That's, yes. That is called life. Mm -hmm. So if we start every day here, this is neutral. We roll out a bit and we start the day at neutral. And life starts shit on us. Then we're going to end the day down here. No matter what. Right. But if we start the day here and then spend the first half of the day getting to here, even if life shit on me, the worst I can end up is neutral or just a little below. Right. So, okay. That's but cool. if, you, if you work it the other way, if you go through the day and life push you down here, the best you can hope for is to get back to neutral. Wow. So in one situation, without preparing for the day, the most I can hope for is to reach neutral. If I prepare for the day, the worst that can happen is neutral. Preparation is key, definitely. Even for life. Even preparation just for life. Just for life. Wake up and prepare for the day. <laughs> and prepare for life, yeah. Yo, that's so powerful. That is so powerful. <laughs> wow. I want you to repeat the gratitude. In the right. So gratitude, call it in, and then thanks. Gratitude, call it in, thanks. I yeah. That. And that's why and, it, and, 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 we, and we separate them. So gratitude is I am grateful. It's internal to external. It is I am grateful. Yes. Thanks is I thank you for what I have, what I am, where I'm going. Yes. Different yes. intention of two different statements. That's really powerful. That is, that's a game changer right there. I think that's one of the key takeaways because that is going to truly change how it is that we can maneuver and manage our lives because oh yeah it's easy it is so easy to go down as you said if you start at neutral it's easy to drop down into the dark sad depressive state but mm -hmm. if you start up higher and then you have the different things to keep you there no matter what mm -hmm. happens you're not gonna end up or you will it's very unlikely that you're going to fall down into that depression or depressive state That's absolutely absolutely and you, can, and you know, if, if somebody hears this or sees this or shares this lesson and they don't take it on, here's how you prove it to them. If you start your day at the last second that you can start your day. So say, for example, everybody's working from home now, right? And you have at 8 o'clock, your first work, your first assignment, your first obligation for the day is 8 o'clock. If you get out of bed 7.58, just in time to roll over and get on your computer for 8 o'clock, I promise you the entire day going to feel like you're just trying to catch up to the day. That's true. Versus if you had gotten out of bed at 7, if you even never do nothing between 7 and 8, you'll feel like you're on time and in control of the rest of your day. 
And that is just creating a little gap of time. Now imagine if you start your day and you create a gap of time, a gap of an emotional high, a gap of monetary focus, yes. a gap of high creativity, and then started the day. Wow. That, that's so <laughs> profound. Like, my goodness. And I've, never heard it, I've never heard it like that before, which is why it's... it's and it's, it makes sense. It makes sense. So I'm going to open up the floor right now to our viewers, if you have any okay. questions for our guest tonight. Uh, I remember someone story. had asked, how, how do you support a friend who is currently in a depressive state? So that was interesting because funnily enough, I actually was taking care of a depressed and suicidal person while I myself was, suic was suicidal and depressed. Wow. Only they were external about it and I was internal. Mm. They were telling everybody, which I think is a little bit of an attention. It's like, a, it's a whole, no, and it's serious. It's a whole thing of psychological studies that when people crave attention, they tell people they're suicidal. Mm. Now, some people are serious about it. Some people are real about it. Some people are doing it to get a response. Right. And so for me, it was a very interesting tightrope to walk where how do I help this person without letting them influence me and without getting dragged down myself. Right. And, without and so what it is... As well. Right. And so for me, what it is and what's the most ultimate thing is really not even to do anything in sense of don't push nothing. Don't lay anything on. Don't force them into anything. The best thing I, I've ever experienced as a depressed person and as I did as a depressed person is just make, people, just make them know you're there. Yeah. And sometimes just knowing that the person is there is enough reason for you to hold on. You know, I think, who was it? It was Keanu Reeves that said it best. He, in an interview with Stephen Colbert, he was asked, what do you think happens when we die? Mm -hmm. And he took a second and thought about it. And he said, I know the ones who love us will miss us. Wow. And that's what happens when you're there for somebody who's depressed. They may not even want to admit it, but they know you're there. And that sometimes can be just enough to make them hold on to move forward. Now, what you don't want to be is you don't want to be so much there that you're now the crutch. Because guess what? One day you have to go. One day you have to live your own life as well. And you don't want to be so much of the case that when the crutch disappears, they just fall right back down into it. Right. Right. So you want to be there as naturally, as effectively, as easily as you can but you cannot be the solution to every problem. You cannot be the solution to every issue. You cannot be their go-to in every scenario. But you can always be there. And technology has proven it. We're all supposed to be distant right now. And yet, I've heard people say they've talked to their family more now during COVID mm -hmm. than they've ever spoken to them before. I can attest to that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's very true. Great answer. And 
we're closing soon, but there's a book in the back, blue. I believe that's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's mine. This one's mine. This one's mine. This one's yours. Share some of yeah. your knowledge in there. I heard it's a very good read. Very powerful. You've heard some good things. Uh, I'm honored that you heard some good things. So, self-discussions. Actually, self-discussions is... a I really do. It's not just because it's my book. I actually really do recommend it for these times right now because it's all about dealing with that introspection we're talking about. We're talking about looking at life a little bit differently. And that was the root of self-discussion. So it's self-discussions, weekly lessons from life. And why it was written and how it was written was the fact that life teaches us new things every day. But very often, just like gratitude, we're not looking for it so we don't pick it up. Right. And so for me, as an introspective person, as somebody looking to learn, I began realizing every week, if I wanted to, I could choose a lesson from life. And so self-discussions was packaging those lessons in a way where we could look at life a little bit differently from different lessons, from different vantage points. In fact, somebody recently sent me one out of the book and I'll share it with you now that I didn't even think of, you know, I, wasn't, I definitely wasn't thinking about COVID at the time when I wrote this. But the lesson is there is a highly contagious sickness that many of us carry. That's how it starts. Yes. We caught it from friends and family, loved ones and acquaintances. A virus so powerful it can even be caught from the TV, laptop, phone and radio. This virus is called JGE, better known as just good enough. Mm. A limitation on greatness from an acceptance of mediocrity at a minor level of achievement. Don't be the next victim of JGE. Protect yourself against it with daily doses of vision, purpose, and a refusal to settle. It's a daily struggle that we must all endure. But just keep reminding yourself, just good enough isn't good enough. Wow. <laughs> and then, the, then you have a self-discussion for it, and it's a one-question self-discussion. How are you going to vaccinate yourself against JGE? That's and that's, really, and that's what you, you kind of want to think about in these times, is you get a lesson, you're looking around you, so, and your lesson doesn't have to be you know, from the book. It can be what life is about right now. So you, you opened up, you said you're an introspective person. I'm sure you can pull a number of lessons from your introspection over the last month or two, but it's not good enough to just have the introspection. What are you now going to do with the introspection? How are you going to utilize the power of the introspection to create the transformation to allow you to unleash the potential? Those are some very interesting points. I, I, very, I really like the fact that it's a workbook. You know, it's easy for you to understand and to apply because we learn so many things. We read, we go to school, we do the theory, but practical, the practical aspect is very important. Yep. I find that, yep. that is, that's, that's a great additive to your book. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Where can I get a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon.com, both in Kindle and paperback, as well as, you know, I believe in working with my partners. So you can get it at Azanzin Sovereign. You can get it at Ragamuffin Cafe. 
And you can get it at Lily's Beauty Barn. So Lily's is in Savannah Plaza down near Halfway Tree. Ragamuffin is on Lady Musgrave Road. And Azans is in Sovereign Center. So whether you're uptown, downtown, or midtown, you're supposed to can find somewhere to get a copy. I love it. Love it. <laughs> Resources everywhere every touch point there you go so guys drop the questions below i i remember seeing a question about how to move from vision to action i believe right Can you right advice on that um well here's the thing about vision um you want to be careful about what you call vision a lot of people call goals vision and goals aren't vision Mm -hmm. Goals are benchmarks, goals are mind milestones, goals are save points. Yes. Vision, particularly a vision for life, should be a vision for how you live, not for the things you achieve. And so that's kind of where you need to start the conversation is what kind of vision are you crafting? So for example, when I talk about vision, my vision for my health is related to me being able to the martial arts on, in, until I'm in my 80s. Now, if I want to be able to continue to the martial arts in my 80s, that's automatically going to dictate how I eat, how I sleep, how I train, how I recover. My whole lifestyle around being physically active is going to be directed by that one part of the vision, that one example of how I want to live my life. Right. It's not a goal, it's a guiding measure. And so in bringing vision to action, you have to be very honest with yourself. What's the lifestyle you want to live? If we're to talk about a vision in terms of wealth, Mm -hmm. A lot of people get vision of wealth wrong because they write down the dollar amount that they want to achieve. Now, there's nothing wrong with writing down a dollar amount, but you have to recognize that that is a goal. That is not yeah. a vision. Mm -hmm. Your vision of wealth should be what activity am I going to do that is going to call wealth into my life? Is it that I'm going to do one thing exceptionally well? Is it that I'm going to partner with several people in several endeavors to get several streams? Mm -hmm. Is it that I'm going to create a lot of things that are going to add so much value that I will be paid over time for the value that they add? Mm -hmm. Is it that I'm going to work with other people who can guide me in creating wealth? So right away, you get, you know, five, six, seven different ways of creating wealth. But it's not about, oh, I want a million dollars in the bank. Because right. inflation alone is going to kill your money in the bank over time. That's right? So, so to really answer the question about engaging, because you're engaging your vision to bring it into action, you first need to be very honest about what's the lifestyle you want to live. When I find you to be very honest about the lifestyle you want to live, what begins to happen is that you're now going to find solutions around the challenges that was preventing you from getting it anyway. One particular mentee I have, uh, he has a vision. His physical aspect of vision is I want to be a runner. I want to run until the day I die. That's their vision for physical health. He, Because of COVID, he was displaced from where he used to live. 
So his usual running circuit, his usual running crew, his usual running habit, all thrown off because he had to move. Yes. In talking to me, he said, Jeff, I'm working out. So he's still being active. Still working out. But it doesn't feel right. right. I said, okay, what are you doing? He said, I want to run. I know I'm a runner. I want to run, but I can't run. I said, have you tried a workout that is specifically for runners? He said, no. I was just right. following workouts, popular workouts. I said, you should look up a workout for runners. But you know, before you even do that, maybe what you should do is walk the community at early morning. You don't know the community. You don't know the people. Maybe you should just walk the community in the early morning. He said, okay, I'll give that a try. What happened the next morning is he walked into a group of runners. Right. Wow. Right away. Mm -hmm. But because he stopped pursuing the vision and substituted the vision for a goal, right. I'm supposed to be active, so I will be active. You stopped being a runner. The second you went back to being a runner, the universe said, oh, you're ready for run. Here's a running group. Wow. So it's about being very clear about what it is you want, not just not what is the lifestyle you want to live, not just what are the things you want to have. Because to have things, there's always going to be a challenge. There's always going to be a decision to make. Do I really want to overcome this challenge to get it? And that obstacle, that decision can always impede your ability to act. But if your vision is the lifestyle you want, then you will always find a way to live the life that you want. Yes. Says so wow. So it doesn't matter. You're not supposed to get stuck on necessarily the way to it. You just exactly. exactly where you're heading, and there are multiple routes. And there, there you go. And there's a our final question for tonight. How do you move from a mindset of scarcity to abundance? Where's my wallet? So I'm, I'm a big person. I had, that was like a major challenge for me yeah. um, financially. And it, and it has to do with vision. It has to do with incorrect vision because I was doing vision without goals. Right. I, wasn't, no, I didn't know what, I knew the lifestyle I wanted to live, so I was living that lifestyle, but I wasn't achieving anything along the way. And so you kind of have to, as I said, there's a whole nother conversation around vision and goals. Yeah. But one of the things is that I was doing great work. I was making the impact I wanted and I was placing emphasis on making impact, not on getting paid. Oh. And so what I realized was happening is there were a lot of things around me reminding me that I wasn't getting paid. Yeah. And that was an issue. And a friend of mine picked up and said, I think you should read Think and Grow, Think and Grow Rich. Mm. I said, I read Think and Grow Rich long time. I read Think and Grow Rich back in 2012. That was the book that actually was one of the major catalysts to me even starting my own business. I don't need to read Think and Grow Rich. Right. And I sat down and I was meditating on it. And a little phrase popped into my head and it said, a command given in love is a commandment. Don't ignore it. Wow. And so somebody was like looking out for me. So they, they gave me the command, you should read, think, and grow rich. But because it was given in love, it was a command meant 
it really was something I couldn't ignore. And I picked it up and literally within the first day of reading it, I saw the answer I was looking for. And it said, auto-suggestion. What is being triggered in your life to make you think certain ways? And I realized what happened is I always felt the greatest feeling of scarcity when I opened my wallet and there was no money in there. Mm, yes. I opened my wallet and my immediate was, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to manage? I opened it and I see all the cards and I said, Lord, everyone is this. And what I did is I wrote in there, Mm -hmm. daily bread is already provided you live in abundance and so every time I open my wallet that's what I see and that, that changes it so now when I open my wallet I don't think scarcity I think abundance because that's what I'm entering into my mind Right. I want you to repeat that because the video had paused. Hold okay. And read it for us. So, note in the wallet, it says, be financially faithful. And to me, what that is, is that being financially faithful is believing that it's going to come. If you do the work, it is going to come. Yeah, and it's in the wallet. Mm -hmm. And the second note says, my daily bread is already provided. So if I believe and I do the work, I should not lack because what I need today is already provided. Sometimes we worry about scarcity for tomorrow, but we don't reach tomorrow yet. What I need today will be provided. And the last one is a note that just says abundance, but to me it says live in abundance. And so it's not a matter of living in scarcity, it's a matter of proper, proper abundance. That things are coming into my life. I might not even be able to see it. I might not be able to express it. I might not be able to feel it. But live in abundance. And when you feel abundance, there's no room for scarcity. So what used to be a major trigger of fear and scarcity, opening the wallet, has now become the exact thing to remind me that abundance is coming. Money is coming. Don't worry about money. You've already been taken care of. So that whole habit of auto-suggestion, by far one of the most powerful tools in shifting your mindset. And you can go crazy with it. Like you can put it on your door, on your mirror, on your computer, mm -hmm. in your wallet. For me, I started with whatever was the major trigger, which was the wallet. Right. For somebody else, it might be image issues. It might be body issues. But and you need to put up on the mirror. Yes. You know, you put it on the mirror, you say the extra pound of fat is an extra pound of love. Yes. You know, you put it in the mirror and you say, you, you know, you, write down, you don't write down the measurements you want, you probably write down the measurements you have. Yeah. And you say, boy, you know, whatever the measurements are, for me, 30, 36 waist, 32 pants, extra large shirt, and you put beside that, that's a lot of love. Mm 